Welcome back to the Cedarville Stories podcast. I am Sarah Gump from the podcast team. This episode really sparks joy. Rob Jacobs is one of a kind. He is full of so much life, personality, and funny stories. Stay tuned for this episode with your host, Mark Weinstein. After several attempts to secure my next guest on the Cedarville Stories podcast, (laughs) it is my pleasure to welcome Rod Jacob, Assistant Director of Student Philanthropy and Young Alumni at Cedarville University. Welcome to the podcast, Ra. Uh, Thank you so much, Mark. I feel like you have already done me dirty by (laughs) introducing (laughs) me like that, but I guess you're right. It did take a few times for me to get here. I'm not counting, but I would say four or five times. Four or five times, fine. Uh, I'll let you have that one. But here, here I am. I'm excited. It's great to have you in studio, and I it's look, great to be here. I look forward to our discussion. For those who may not know Ra, uh, you will certainly understand by the end of today's podcast why there is so much energy and excitement in the institutional advancement and alumni offices. Ra is a 2017 graduate of Cedarville University, and today he is building solid relationships with young alumni that will help Cedarville to continue developing young men and women who serve Jesus. So for starters, Ra, let's, let's learn more about you. Um, before you came to Cedarville as a student, where were you living? Tell me about your life then. Sure. Before Cedarville, I actually grew up in uh, Chicago. I didn't actually grow up in Chicago. Uh, I feel like anyone who's anywhere near Chicago says say they're from Chicago. Sure, when I'm they're... from Dayton. Right, right. You ain't from Dayton. Right. No. Um, so I live in a suburb that's about 35 minutes uh, southwest of the city called Orland Park. Sure. Um, so I grew up there, and um, I only heard of Cedarville through someone from my church, actually, who said, oh, like, my kids went there. They really enjoyed their experience. I had applied to 12 or 13 different universities in the city of Chicago, and Cedarville was the last university I applied to. And the only reason I came to visit was because my parents said, fine, you can take a day off of school to go and visit. And I said, deal, let's go. So what was, um, let me back up. Had you ever been outside of Chicago, outside of your college visit? I mean, or were you were you a traveler kind of? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, my parents would uh, take the entire family, pack up and go to India, actually. Um, India is where my parents are from. Um, they immigrated from India probably like 35 years ago. Um, and they had all the kids in Chicago. So we went back to India probably every year growing up till we got to college. Um, we have a lot of family back in India. So uh, we would spend a lot of our summertime over there, okay. which was awesome. So travel is is the norm. So you weren't scared to come to Cedarville for a campus visit. Oh, my goodness. No, not at all. What was your experience like when you visited as a high school junior or senior? Oh, man. I I didn't necessarily know, think I would like the Christian school atmosphere. We grew up in the church. I loved it. I loved my youth group. But I went to a high school of 4,000 students, so I really was looking for this huge city life that, you know, was just vibrant, and I'd be meeting people every single day. You know, I thought that's w- the kind of environment I wanted to be in. So when I came to Cedarville, truly I was coming because... I was missing a day of high school, but when I got to campus, there was something about sitting in that first chapel that just absolutely drew me in. 
I loved the community. As soon as I stepped out of the car, um, I felt like everyone was so friendly. People were just genuine. There was a level of excellence that I saw on campus, even in chapel. Um, I just was very impressed, and my parents were very impressed as well, um, even though they had liked a couple of the other schools that we had visited. Um, so it just, it just became quickly apparent that this was definitely an option by the end of my visit it, I, I had applied I was ready to go I spoke with my admissions counselor and I was fully on board for Cedarville from from that visit from that visit but can I put can I put a wrench in the story you usually will okay <laughs> you're absolutely right um now people are like oh like you know I love Cedarville I decided to come here you know and it kind of ends there and people are like wow what a great story Listen, I came to Cedarville, love Cedarville. I applied to Cedarville. I came home and I got a rejection letter from Cedarville. Serious? I was not accepted. I was a senior in college, in high school, and I wasn't accepted. Really? I was, I was so sad. I mean, I'll cry right now. What happened? <laughs> um, you know, my GPA wasn't necessarily where it should have been. My ACT score was fantastic, but my GPA was probably on the lower end, probably. I say probably. It was not that great. <laughs> I'll own up to that now. Um, it was on the lower end, so they said, hey, like, we're rejecting you from, you know, your acceptance to Cedarville. And I actually took that, and I said, fine, I'm not going to Cedarville. I went to, I planned on going to another college in Chicago, and I actually found a roommate, and I down, I, like, I deposited at that sure. college in Chicago. And then during the second semester of my senior year of high school, I became really serious about m more of my academics. Um, I was part of the speech team in my high school. Um, and I did really well that year. I placed uh, first in state. So I wrote to Cedarville because I really felt like mm, maybe I need to be at Cedarville. I wrote to Cedarville and I said, Hey, my GPA has increased. And you know, I'm doing these really cool things in high school as well. Can you please reconsider? So, you know, they they sent it to the board. They discussed it. And I think it was probably around April that they finally said, okay, you can come to this. Uh, you can come for the next academic year. So just a few months before it's time to come. Right. I mean, just on a whim. I mean, truly on a whim. And who knew that this college would absolutely transform my life, you know, and I'd be working here seven seven years later. It's crazy. But that's that's my Cedarville that's my Cedarville story. As as great of a story as that is, I'm just as interested in hearing about your spiritual journey. So how did you come to faith in Christ? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I grew up. I was fortunate enough to grow up in a in a solid Christian home, especially having parents who were from a predominantly Hindu country, mm -hmm. you know, already be believers to come over to the States, um, eventually get plugged into an incredible church, um, and to grow up in, you know, a solid youth group, went through Awana, just a fantastic, a fantastic ground to kind of build off of. Um, it wasn't until around high school, sophomore year, um, you know how your youth group always goes to summer camps. Mm -hmm. There was one summer camp specifically where I really truly felt the weight of just my sinful attitude, um, just all these sins that, you know, a, a typical high schooler would go through. It really started weigh, weighing on me 
And I decided that summer, you know what, I'm done messing around and I really want to take my relationship with Christ seriously. And I became saved that summer. Um, and I definitely sensed a change in me. I wanted to grow my relationship with Christ. I wanted to grow my relationship in the community of believers. Um, and that was fantastic because I think going to a public high school of 4,000 students, you definitely run in some circles that maybe aren't necessarily the most godly. But because I had such a strong foundation in a strong youth group and I'd become saved when I was in high school, that definitely set me up for success when I was in high school. Sure. So fast forward to college, um, my journey with my relationship with God really had some great moments while I was at Cedarville. You know, I'm in my Bible classes, I'm going to chapel every single day, but I think leaving home, leaving home and coming to Cedarville really strengthened my relationship with the Lord, but also I kind of figured out how to do my faith on my own after right. I left, after I left home. And I really, I really found that my sophomore year specifically, um, there were just things in my life that I had never wanted to open up about with the people around me because I thought, oh, I can handle things on my own. I can, you know, I can deal with things. And finally I decided, man, the Lord has put these incredible people in front of me to do life with, to share my story with. Um, so I think my relationship with Christ really became stronger specifically during my sophomore year. Um, when I finally just started accepting the community, the Lord put me in. Um, and ever since then, it's been, it's been obviously a journey, but since then it's been an incredible journey of just being with other, other believers in a beautiful community. So you saw your faith grow. I remember you as a student. <laughs> Oh, um, no. <laughs> no, no, it, it's all good. I remember you with high energy, mm -hmm. great vision and purpose, and full of life. That's raw. Uh, understand, uh, understanding your your personality and your skill set, I wasn't surprised that as you transitioned from year after year that you would find yourself in leadership positions. Mm -hmm. What were some of the highlights of that senior year of leadership in SGA? Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Mark, I, <laughs> I'm telling you, there are so many memories <laughs> that it's going to be hard to choose the top sure. memories. But I will say, I will say truly and honestly, one of my favorite memories of being part of SGA, being part of that team, was just being able to serve the student body and being able to have the opportunity to set a vision for the entire year and to kind of work at that vision throughout the year. And at the end, just say, I think we've actually accomplished something here. One of our biggest goals was to bridge, you know, bridge the gap between the student body and the administration. Not to say that there was anything to bridge over, but we really took it upon ourselves to show the student body how much fun and how much we truly do love the administration. I do think our class year was special because the class of 2017 was Dr. White's class. And I don't know if you know right. what I mean by that, but that was his, you know, he started at Cedarville with our class. We were freshmen. So Dr. White's first year was my freshman year. And by the time we finished our senior year, he had been there for four years. So we really felt like we had walked almost through a journey with Dr. White for the past four years. And we really wanted to capitalize on that fact with Dr. White. So Going in our senior year, our SGA's, one of our goals was to just have fun with the administration. 
And I think we, I think we were able to do that. Uh, one thing specifically that we were able to start that year, a suitable tradition, um, is actually called Live at Ten. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with That's Live my next at Ten. Question. Yeah, Live at Ten. Um, for those of you listening, um, Live at Ten is actually um, a talk show almost yeah. that they hold in chapel at 10 a.m. We really wanted this late night feel, but actually happening early morning at 10 a.m. Uh, where Dr. White and you know usually the SJ president would come out and host almost a talk show, and they would bring in students. They do fun games. They had some interview questions, but basically an opportunity for the student body to come together and just watch the administration and students have so much fun together. Um, and I really think we accomplished something. We accomplished something during that event that was just was so special. Um, because here we are, we're seeing Mindy May crack an, an egg, egg over her head. We're seeing John Wood being able to do sword drills with, you know, the chaplain and, you know, all that different stuff. We, we were watching Dr. White rap one year. Um, I really think it was it's an amazing opportunity for the students to see just a more fun side and more relaxed side of our, our administration. One thing that is fascinating to me regarding the story you, you just shared, and that was my next question to you, so you, you beat me to the punch, <laughs> and that's good. But our current students, especially the younger ones, they think that tradition of live at 10 has been going on for decades. Right. Yet you're the one that started it. I would, no. You I, and your administration right. were the ones who started it. It was definitely it. a team effort. If if my team was not there, I'm telling you, none of it would have existed. I understand. And you may be right or you may not be right. But what what is it, <laughs> what does it mean to you to know that you have started a tradition that is important and is meaningful to the, today's students? Again, it, it really wasn't me who started anything. It really was us as a team. Sure. But what that means to us collectively is something so special. I mean, I will go talk to those same people who were on that team. I'll go talk to John Wood, and we'll talk about those memories. And it's just so special because this place means so much to us. Cedarville transformed my life, my friends' lives, and to offer up something that they're still doing to this day, you know, to offer some some piece of joy in another person's life. I mean, that's priceless. If it, It's really, really cool. And it's something that, you know, hopefully we'll come back 10, 15 years from now and they're still doing it. And we can, you know, sit in the audience and think, man, like this started all that, all that time ago. I, I think what should happen, what should happen 10 years from now mm -hmm. is when you're a gray like myself in the right. hair. <laughs> That you come back and the president is probably still here and you bring some of uh, those initial people who were part of the very first Live at 10 and do a, a reunion type of right, program. Right, That would be fun. Listen, I'll, I'll still be around, so you just let me know. <laughs> Dr. White, if you're listening to this, you just let me know. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there. So you, you, your faith uh, grew while you were a student. Uh, you developed greater leadership skills. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. knowing you had a great experience as a student, how difficult was it for you now? You graduate, and now you're a young professional in the advancement office, so you have to m take that bridge mm -hmm. from college student to professional. How difficult was it to make that transition? Right. Um, you know, because of the opportunities that Cedarville gave me as a student, I was student body president my senior year, 
because of that opportunity that Cedarville made available to me, I feel like I was just so ready to step into a more professional role because of the meetings I had already been a part of, because of the relationships I had already made, because of the speaking thing, speaking opportunities that I was able to be a part of. I really felt prepared walking into the professional world to put on those meetings, to speak, you know, at these different things. Um, so I, I definitely felt probably a little bit more prepared than your average student because of those opportunities. Um, not to say it wasn't a hard transition, um, but I feel like the rest of it was kind of taken care of by the leadership in the advancement division. Um, Rick Nelson is the VP for advancement. And when I say this man is legendary, he is such an incredible leader. He made sure to make me especially feel just so welcomed in the advancement division right when I started. So just so welcoming and so willing to sit down and have a conversation whenever I needed to and just was always available to talk. Um, and not just him, other people in the division as well. Um, Jeff Bessie played a pivotal role in my first year out as a, as a young professional. Um, just so incredibly welcoming, always ready to talk. Um, he was he was absolutely incredible too. So the people really made it easy for that transition to become a little bit more smooth. But how did you deal with, maybe it didn't happen, but how did you deal with seeing former classmates who are still here and they see you as, they may see you as still SGA president, but yeah, right. you're, you're a professional. Right. How did you, how did that, that change that, that relationship? Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think there are lines and there are boundaries between when you are a student and when you are a staff member. Absolutely. I do think it was enriching to still have relationships on campus with students sure. that I was still able to, you know, go to work and then leave work and maybe have an opportunity to hang out with the same friends that I had when I was a student. But it also gave me the opportunity to bring some of those friendships I had already made into my current role to kind of tell them, hey, this is what the world of advancement looks like. Look at what I'm doing. And my position currently works with the student body as a whole. So I took a lot of those relationships with me into the advancement world and I actually educated a lot of my friends. Hey, this is what it means to be a donor. This is what it means to start a scholarship. This is what it means to... Um, be an alum for a great alum for the university so a lot of those relationships continued on and they were and they were awesome leadership has been a thread in your life from a very early age to today um, do you have a mentor who's helped you develop your leadership skills absolutely who is it well first i'd like to say when I think of mentors, I think of anyone who has had the opportunity to speak into someone's life that has made an impact and a change. And if we're talking about that, I mean, I can mention 50 people at Cedarville who have had those incredible life moments with me. But if I were to pinpoint one person who has kind of stayed the route with me and who is ongoing, uh, who is an ongoing mentor in my life, I would say that person is John Wood. Uh, he's the VP for Student Life and Christian Ministries, and I started meeting with him one-on-one -on -one when I was a student uh, because he usually oversees uh, the SGA president and vice president and meets with them weekly to kind of get feedback from the student body. Um, 
and that's the SGA role. But from there, a friendship was born between him and I, a mentorship really, um, that has been absolutely pivotal in my development as a young professional, in my relationship with Christ, just everything. He has pushed me, he has cared for me, loved on me, and I mean, I, I can't say enough at how, about how much I value um, his, his relationship in my life. Um, when we were students, he would talk through really tough leadership situations that the SJA president and vice president sometimes are in. And I learned so much through seeing his patience. I learned so much through his openness with us. Um, and you know, yeah, I mean, just everything. I can't, I, I can't say enough about John. Do you still meet with him? Yeah, I do still meet with him. Yeah, I do still meet with him. You know, I feel like I, I'm talking about John, but I'm not telling you, I'm not really telling you about John. Now, the first time I met with John, the first time he, uh, we had a conversation, really, he invited me over to his house for dinner so I could meet his family and I could meet his wife, Ellen Wood. And I go over to their house. This is me. A this is the summer after my junior year. So I'm about to step into this role as student body president. There are a couple things you need to learn about me, Mark. One, I really do respect, you know, people who are in leadership, people who are in the administration. I see that. At this point, I'm still calling John, John Wood. I mean, I have not even graduated to just calling him John. I'm still referencing him as John Wood. So I'm going over to John Wood's house. I'm about to meet his entire family. And I'm, you know, I dressed up well. I'm really expecting to really you know, try to impress him, you know? I get to his house. He's in the back. And I get out of the car. And he tells me to come onto the backyard. So I, I walk around the house. And his dog is standing outside. There's another thing you need to know about me. I love dogs. But also... Necessarily love dogs. Are you afraid of them? <laughs> I'm not afraid of them. I'm afraid of them. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> I don't tell John this. I'm supposed to impress this man. So he's grilling some chicken, and I'm looking at this dog, and this dog sees me and gets so excited. So he just runs at me, and I mean, in my mind, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm gonna die. But, you know, outwardly, I'm like, oh, hi, nice dog, nice dog. This dog jumps up on me, and I am thinking, oh, John is going to say something. Like, John will have the dog sit down. John looks at me. The dog is on me. I mean, he looks back down at his chicken and just, like, starts, like, talking as if everything is normal. But that kind of started our friendship. I mean, yeah. that was the foundation of, of everything between John and I, and... I think that's why we have such a strong relationship. That's fabulous. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 all about being real, and that's what you're about. Right. And that's what that example Right. You know what? I d yes, absolutely. Maybe that's why I love it so much. I didn't love it in the moment, but... Well, who thinking, would? Right. Thinking about it now, I'm like, these people were so real. You know, at the, at the end of my conversation with him and his family, he actually... He actually invited me to stay in his home as him, his wife, and kids were going on family vacation. My housing situation that summer was not that great. So it was just truly this beautiful gesture. The only stipulation was I had to watch the dog. Now, at this point, he doesn't necessarily know I don't love dogs. So I do accept this offer. 
Now, this is a whole story, and if anyone who's listening to this podcast wants to hear the whole story, you come to me, and I'll tell you the whole thing if you have an hour. But long story short, I ended up losing the dog. No way. In the middle of the night at 2 a.m. How? Like I said, it would take an hour. It would literally take an hour to tell you. Okay. But I lost the dog at one point, found him an hour later at like 3 a.m. I mean, the entire week was filled with stories. But, I mean, I literally, like, at the end of the week, John called me and said, take him to the kennel. <laughs> and I had to take the dog to the kennel. And I stayed in the home. And I just stayed in the home until they got back. <laughs> what a story. What a story. Well, in our in our final few minutes of the podcast, I want to move into your professional world sure. right now. Um, from your title, it says that you, you basically uh, interact with college students, young young students, to help them, <laughs> as you said earlier, become good alumni. Yeah. Um, what are the key aspects of your job that you see are, as key elements to being successful? Right. So in the world of advancement, we have something called the donor pyramid, where you basically start, everyone starts at the base, um, and let's say at the, at the base is a, a, just a student. One level up from that is an alum. One level up from that is a volunteer. A level up from that is a donor. And then depending on how much you give back to the university, you're kind of moving up that pyramid of affinity towards the university. So I basically work on that bottom level of students as well as our young alums who are graduating from the university as well as donating maybe a little bit of money to the university. And my mm -hmm. main responsibility is to educate our students on why it's important to give back to the institution that has really made an impact on their lives and how they've received scholarships and how the, that scholarship money is actually a donor who is given, you know, money to the university so that they could have this experience. Um, and then basically building their affinity for the university, as well as connecting with young alumni as well and connecting them with students, connecting them with updates on campus, um, and hopefully encouraging everyone to kind of find their way up that pyramid sure. so that way, you know, the university can keep going and doing its thing. I'm going to ask you a two-part question. Yeah. Um, one, what are some new programs that you have implemented that help you achieve that? Yeah. And then what is success in your mind? Absolutely. Um, so a program that I'm really, really proud of that we were able to kind of uh, kick off the ground is an event called The Post. And it's an event for the student body, seniors specifically, who are about to graduate from the university. Um, the event happens sometime in April, so it's a month right before they graduate. And we actually have four alumni come back, young alums come back, Young alums are 10 years out okay. and under. Thank you. Um, they come back and they we pick one alum for each topic. The topics are faith, career, finance, and health. And in those topics, they basically give a TED Talk style okay. talk about what life looks like after Cedarville in those different areas. So for finance, um, we had Ryan Beach, who graduated sure. – 
in 2015 or 2014 talk about, um, you know, he talked about taxes. He talked he's about... He's with Edward Jones, right? Yes, yes. He's with Edward Jones. Um, he talked about getting a loan. He talked about renting versus buying. He talked about saving. He talked about just all those things that these students are about to graduate and have to deal with. In the career session, we talked about graduating with a degree that maybe you're not maybe you're not immediately working in as soon as you graduate. What do you do from there? We talked about finding a church. How do you find a church after you leave Cedarville? What does your relationship with the community look like after you leave Cedarville? Um, in health, we talked about what you do if you don't have enough money to join a gym. We talked about mental health versus physical health. Um, and that evening kind of concludes the meal as well as uh, just an opportunity to ask questions. At the last post event, we had around 230 seniors come for the event. I mean, we had maxed out. We had a wait list and it was fantastic. And I consider that a success because just because of the response that we received and how effective the information we gave to them was um i even had contacted a few seniors after the fact after they had left and they're they're accessing the materials that we had gone over in those sessions after they had left cedarville so i would consider that definitely a success okay we are unfortunately we're about out of time and I, I could I, keep talking I, I, you know <laughs> i'm not surprised right knowing you and uh it tells me that i need to have you back let or, me know when. Put it on the calendar. Will you, will you do it this time? I'll put it. Uh, yes, I'll do it this time. <laughs> but let me ask you one final question. Yeah. I ask everyone this question. Sure. What is your greatest memory or most memorable memorable event from your time at Cedarville University? Um, it probably have to be a leave my senior year. Um, I had the opportunity to tell, tell our our people listening what a leave is. Aleve is basically uh, an end of the year talent show. It's Ville spelled backwards. Um, it's the it's an end of the year talent show where we have thousands of students come and watch, and we have these amazing acts put on. You know, they sing um, songs that you know whatever songs they sing and they, they put on these huge acts and it's an absolutely fun, fun, fun night. And there are hosts that kind of walk through the entire evening. They do bits and they basically, it, it's a whole award show kind of. Um, so I had the opportunity to host a leave with a good friend of mine, Jonathan Lyons. And sure. it just was an absolutely fun experience. Um, just because it was the end of our Cedarville you know, journey, and we just had the opportunity to just have some fun and laugh at the student body one last time. You like to have fun, don't you? I like to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever want to have fun, you just give me a call. Well, I've enjoyed uh, the little bit of time we've been together. We were in class last year, uh, yes. leadership class, and yes. I got to know you a little bit better. And I like watching from a distance how you work and how you interact with people. Uh, you are a breath of fresh air. You... Um, bring great joy and bring smiles to people's faces. And I am honored to call you a colleague and uh, thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you for listening to Cedarville Stories Podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. You're encouraged to share, like, and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another Cedarville story for God's glory.